1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: Let's talk a little baseball with one of the best, if not the best. Our buddy Kevin Kernan has written, look, New York, San Diego, around the country. You name's know, covered baseball for years, and we've got rule changes, that were approved on Friday to discuss. We've got the Yankees and Mets to discuss. Aaron Judge's pursuit of Roger Maris' is sixty-one to discuss. But Mr. Kernan, good evening to you and welcome aboard. The first thing that I want to ask you is one of the topics that I brought here, uh, brought up here in the first hour of the program, and I've gotten several different answers. If we take and I bring this up because Albert Pujols tonight hit his number 696, which puts him in a flat-foot tie now with one Alex Rodriguez for fourth all-time on the Holy Grail of all sports lists, which is the home run list in Major League Baseball. So the question I've thrown out there to the audience, and I'm dying to hear your response on this, is who is the better hitter between, number one, those two, A-Rod and Albert Pujols, but then let's stretch it out to two more of the great Latino hitters of the last, let's say, 25 years. I will include Miguel Cabrera and Manny Ramirez. Rank them one through four. Good evening, Mr. Kernan. Good
1: question. Here, here we go. Paul Hulse, a Cabrera, Manny. I'm going to go with the uh, – that's why I feel. You know, I talk, I was texting with uh, A-Rod last week, so uh, – you know, I appreciate what he's done, but let me throw something at you that's probably a little different that people don't think about. Okay, pull host the teammate, because he he's almost got, well, he's got basically the same batting average, same amount of home runs as a rod. Um, but I think something sets him apart as a teammate, and because he's always all business, and even even tonight on the home run, you know, Yachty wanted him to go out and take a. Uh, you know, kind of a curtain curtain call. He wouldn't do it, and he, he waved them back. And Adam Wainwright, he, he, I'm sure you know you, you, you've had dealings with. He tells a great story. It's, you know, he's he's stopping and smelling the roses himself this year. You know, he just had the most uh, battery made starts with uh, tied uh, Mickey Lulles and freehand this week, but he he was saying that he he was doing. A, he was at a you know they played Milwaukee and. Wayne Wainwright went up and decided to do an inning with Bob Euchre, which is kind of funny, you know, during the game, because he wasn't pitching, you know, he wasn't through to pitch. And uh, the inning goes great. He has some great, great comments, great fun, and Euchre is a blast. I mean, he's one of my favorites all the time, he's just like in the movie. And uh, he gets back to the clubhouse, and of course, Pujols is a DH, so he's not, you know, he's not on the field. Pujols meets him in the clubhouse and says, no, you shouldn't have done that. Game first, game comes first. So, so, so I, I love that aspect of Paul holes. Like he doesn't mess around, keeps you centered on it. Th- so he he's a great player, but he tries to make you the best you can be as well. And I think there's
0: something to be said for that. So that puts him over the top as far as ranking those four players to you. Well, all the numbers
1: and everything else. The numbers, mm-hmm. the numbers put him over the top because he's he's done it in a he's done it in a very interesting time in baseball. I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's, done. you know, obviously A-Ride had his issues, uh, you know, steroid issues and PEDs, uh, Manny PEDs, Cabrera, uh, Cabrera is a great, great hitter. Don't get me wrong. I was talking to Jack McKean a few weeks ago and he was the one who brought him up when they didn't want to bring him up back when baseball was won by baseball men. He said, no, we're bringing this kid up. Boom. You see the success he has. That. But I like Paul holes for all those reasons and more. I just think, I think he just, you know, he, he carried St. Louis for so many years, too, uh, as a baseball city. He, 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 he molded those guys, and, um, and, he, and he's putting the numbers up.
0: Paul 696. Does he get to 700, you think, Gavin, here in these last few weeks?
1: Oh, I think so. His wife, because baseball stinks, for the most part, with pitching, you know. And uh, he, he's got time. He's locked in. He's obviously, uh, you know, he also got an RBI single, big, big hit tonight. They came back and won. And maybe he'll get one of those lucky ones, you know, kind of like Stanton got, where you bring in, where the nerds just bring in some, uh, you know, some fielder to pitch, you know. I me mean, that'd be pretty funny if he got, you know, it's kind of like, uh, now I'm old, Ricky, so I remember things. I forget a lot of things too, but, uh, you know, I, I believe it was, uh, I think it was Denny McLean. He kind of grooved one for Mickey, you know, way back when. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I think Paul's could get there. Definitely could get there.
0: We're talking to Kevin Kernan. Ball9.com, uh, a great piece on, uh, on Roger Maris, the 61 home runs, the hallowed record, the Yankee record, the American League home run record. Aaron Judge obviously challenging that record. At 55 as we speak, uh, still with uh, about three and a half weeks left in the regular season. That doesn't end until October the 5th. So the Yankees still have 22 games left. That was game number 140 that they had on Saturday afternoon. So 22 games left for Aaron Judge to hit six more to tie, seven more to leave uh, Maris behind. You know, I, I it was a, a fascinating piece, Kev. Uh, and I recommend everybody read it. And and if there's one guy, of all these power hitters today, if there's one guy that would probably appreciate the, the real special part of who Maris was, what it means within the Yankee organization, you know, everything that goes with 61 and that magic number, of 1961 of the 61 home runs if there's anyone that is is you know matches the ability of the baseball player with the consciousness of the record it would be aaron
1: judge absolutely well said um this guy you know i had a great relationship uh, with judge uh, matter of fact i had a laugh because uh my former employee when my job was eliminated um they ran a story this week about judge and they ran some quotes that i actually used in a story in 2015. they said told the post but it was actually told me you know and uh because judge opened up to me you know he he would tell me the truth so i had we hit it off i, I recognized his talent early on um um we could talk baseball we could talk off the record and believe me he knows everything that's going on in baseball he respects the records and and even you know there's there's a little bit of thing going on now about you know you know he need maybe he needs to stand to stand up and say you know this is the real record I I don't see that because that's not who he is that's not the way he was raised you know his parents um, you know Wayne and Patty are just terrific people mm-hmm. and uh, I talked to Kevin Maris about him last week and Kevin's I know the Maris family very well him since '98, when I was sent out there to do the great home run chase, which turned out to be not so great. Uh, if you look back on everything, all the guys that have passed Roger, all PED tainted, you know. So, so this, this in my mind, and I wrote it in my mind. This is the real, authentic record, and uh, you know, Judge is going for it, um, and I, I think he'll get it. I really do, uh, because some of the reasons I just stated, uh, all he's got to do is lift the ball up the way he's, you know, he's just barreling up everything. It's amazing. Um, you know, he batted a leadoff today. Uh, well, let me interject one thing, too, before, before I lose this train of thought, because I think it's very important with the Yankees. I think the Yankees had a wake-up call today, and uh, the call actually came yesterday, and Aaron Boone finally uh, did something that had to be done. He basically told Aaron Hicks to sit down. Mm-hmm. You know, you can. We can't have this. You know, he pulled a Bill Belichick. You know, you know, do your job, you know, and, and let's go. You know, and, and and Hicks with the way he's been playing, uh, his, his approach all year, and when he let that ball go, when it was a fair ball and two runs scored, that kind of enough. And I think the Yankees today put together a great inning uh, to start the game off against Kluber, where it was it was move the line. And that's all. That's what they have to do. They have to get back to that. I know the nerds want them to hit home runs, but you saw the power of it, an inning where you just moved the line. No home runs, great things happen. So, so to me, that was an interesting sidelight of the day. Judge started off with a bullet single, so I think he'll get there. Uh, Mary said said an interesting thing to me. He said, um, you know, he, he said the sad thing is Judge is getting a little cheated for not chasing the major league record overall, uh, because of all the other stuff, you know, I, I don't know how you can acknowledge guys that have cheated the game because baseball is made of numbers without the numbers of baseball. What is baseball? So Kevin Maris is actually like standing up for judge and saying, you know, this guy should be getting more accolades for what he's doing now. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and Kevin Maris himself is a baseball coach, uh, longtime coach. Oh, call pretty famous uh, uh, prep school down here, school down here, down and down in Florida. And also does a great uh, travel team uh, called the Florida Hardballers. So he understands the game and he knows what Judge is doing. And it's really a great thing. I, I think that the Yankee fans, because in my mind, tell me if I'm wrong here, because I know I respect your knowledge of the Yankees better than anyone else. And Judge is having the best year, wouldn't you say, in any Yankee overall year since maybe Maris and, I mean, Mantle in 56, you know, if you look at some, some of the numbers. The only
0: do you know, good question, Kev. I think maybe a couple of the Mattingly years, mm-hmm. you know, when he got, you know, in the one forties with RBIs, some of the, you know, the, the mid eighties Mattingly years might really be the only comparisons to what Judge is doing this year. Yeah.
1: Cause uh, you know, RBIs, you know, Judge. Yeah, I, I Mantle had 130 that year. You know, Judge is at 120. Judge has more stolen bases. 52 home runs. He's already got 55. Uh, the uh, the OPS was pretty much the same. Slugging percentage very close. 705 for Mantle, 682 for Judge. Uh, run scored, all that stuff. So, you know, the batting average, of course, put Mickey over the top. You know, he had an unbelievable year hitting three fifty three. But I think Judge... You know the, the way he's going now. If, if the year went on longer, you know he would he would keep rising. So it's it's great to see. And I think it, in the age of reactionary uh, and instant Twitter thoughts and everything else, I think I think I think Yankee fans need to need to step back here and appreciate what Judge is doing in a walk year. You know, uh, betting on himself. I said, Vicky, you had me on the show. I said, Yankee's making a big mistake. This guy's going to do great. He should have been signed long-term five years ago. They should have given him one of those. They cost themselves $100 million, easy, by not getting it done then. And they didn't have the foresight to do it now. I I fully expect him to, uh, you know, I would not be surprised if the right situation came along because he wants to be in a lineup. We can't overlook that. He wants to be in a good lineup and a winning team every year with the amount of years he has left. So, my point is, this year with what he's doing, really, instead of griping about everything else, because I think the Yankees are still going to win the division, enjoy the year, enjoy what Judge is doing, and, and appreciate what Roger Maris did, too. And I think it's great that Judge is bringing some, some some of the spotlight back to Roger and what he did, because Roger was a complete player, uh, as you well know, could do it all. And, uh, and Judge is certainly that player. And I also, one last thing on it, I find it so ironic. That Judge, uh, you know, was playing center field. The Yankees could have had their center field all these years. You know, Judge straightened Judge Judge got his uh, routine right, where he became a little bit more limber, a little more athletic, less time in the weight room, and became more of who the player is now. Mm-hmm. And the the irony of this, and nobody even mentions this, so I hope I can help the Yankees along here with some thoughts because they don't seem to have deep thoughts when this happens because they couldn't see it right in front of them years ago. You know, Judge, and I talked to, to Judge about this. You know, if he slows down a little bit as he gets older, which he will, you've got a hell of a first baseman there, six for seven, whatever he is. You know, you've got a monster over there that can play first. He loves yeah, it look, first base. look like Frank Howard. <laughs> yeah, but, but he can move much better. And yeah. and, and and the only danger for a first baseman, like third baseman, and happened to David Wright, you got to be careful when you dive because you, you mess up your shoulders. But I think Judge has shown that he can play a smart game. We don't see any more of those dives he used to make or running into the walls that he used to do. So, you know, it's like, it's like a, a talent evaluator told me earlier this year when I, I wrote about Judge at the start of the year, and, and, and he was incredulous, this talent evaluator from another team. He says, are you kidding me? What team wouldn't want Aaron Judge? He's not only a great player, and this is be- well before all this stuff, but he's the perfect teammate. He's yeah. a leader. So, so, so you have a guy who could be a leader, teammate, uh, center fielder, right fielder, and as he slows down a little bit, great target. Every infield in the world will want to throw to this guy. So it's a no-brainer. So he's going to write his own ticket. We'll see where he
0: ends up. Class personified. Let's move to the rule changes. So, uh, you know, you're old school. We get it. Um, a couple of the, the rule changes I think may help. I love, I like the idea of the pitch clock. Now, you know, they say in the minor leagues, it's cut mm-hmm. down on some of the length of games. You know, well, your take on the bigger bags, the pitch clock, and the uh, elimination of the shift.
1: Well, first of all, am I stupid here or everybody's raving about the pitch clock, including all the baseball people, right? They're all saying, wow, this is great. This is great. Well, you know, you're in charge of your team. Maybe teach your pitchers to pitch quicker. Why do we need a rule for this? <laughs> You'll get your guy to get on the mound at work, get your hitter to get in there and swing. So, but of course, everything has to be legislated these days. And it will help this game because I'm telling you, I'm watching Frankie Montas the other day, and I'm falling asleep between pitches. You know oh, what I'm saying? I, I needed material. I'm oh broadcasting
0: God. the game. I'm looking for material between pitches. I'm, I'm reading extra live commercials.
1: Commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so, so yes, it will help because the annoying guys who think the game is all about themselves, uh, the guys who have to take their batting gloves off 14 times, get their mind right, look at their bat put themselves in a trance and move forward. Why are they doing all this, by the way? They're all doing this because all these teams now have these mental skills coaches from the time they're in A-ball telling them to do all this stuff. So once again, we have baseball creating a problem and then making believe they're solving the problem. So the short answer is the pitch clock will help. Don't expect the same thing as in the minor leagues because they're forgetting a big point when they say it's shaved off 28 minutes whatever. No big hey, you don't have commercial time between innings in the minor leagues like you do in the major leagues. That's that's uh, you know, right then and there is eighteen minutes in my book. You know, so extra minute easy, uh each 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 half inning. So it's gonna make these guys focus a little better. They'll pitch they'll pitch a little better, but it's something that should have been taught all along. It's also about a piece I wrote this week. You know, they get rid of the fungo. Are you kidding me? They're getting rid of the fungo. They don't do any teaching anymore. And it's all it's all data. It's all nerds. It's all nothing done uh, with work. All this stuff that they're putting in uh, could, could have been done with just a little. Maybe let's go back to some baseball basics in our in our teaching of these kids. The bigger bases uh, to me, they, they say it's a safety issue, uh, which is ironic because guys, you know, Bryce Harper gets it, Guys get hurt standing on these uh, <laughs> hitting these bases anyway. The old bags, they never got hurt on pretty much. Uh, but it's also there for, to, to make it a little shorter distance. And wait, just wait, though. Just wait until it's a big part of the game and your hitter is doing his uh, Josh Donaldson stuff and all of a sudden, Mr. Umpire, Mr. Angel Hernandez looks up and points up to the to the scorebook, uh, up to the <laughs> press box, and all of a sudden you got strike three called because he didn't get in the box quick enough. Can't wait to see that. Just like they didn't have the automated balls and strikes this year, thank goodness. When that comes in, I'm telling you right now, Nobody, in the, in the end, the players are not going to like this because they, they, the way that will be read will not be beneficial to either side of my book.
0: Do you like the fact, or well, what, what is your take on this? The minor leaguers being able to unionize?
1: I think it's fine. Why not? You know, we're, we're in a world, these guys need to get it together a little bit. They need to get paid a little bit better. Unfortunately, it's the old, it's almost like raising the minimum salary, and I don't want to get too political here, but. What? Ha- you raise? Oh, they all come out. Oh, we raise the minimum salary. You work at McDonald's, now you get 22 dollars an hour. Well, then what does McDonald's or the small business? What are they forced to do? They're forced to cut down on the amount of workers. Same thing in the minor leagues. they've already done it. They cut down on the minor league workers. They've gotten rid of 42 teams. So lo- look at the obvious things here. Don't fall for the smoke and mirrors. And another thing that's a problem, and it's not in this group, but it's coming. Wait till you get to the uh, throwing over to first base only two times. Mm-hmm. You know, Rick, uh, Ricky Henderson will have 300 stolen bases. <laughs> uh, um, they're trying to legislate athleticism back into the game instead of bringing athleticism back to the game by teaching fundamentals, having these things, and the shift. And I said it a while back, and I wrote about it. I don't think I said it to you, but I'm going to say it right now. I predicted it as a half joke, but it's going to be reality. You're going to see infielders in motion, much like the Canadian Football League. At some point, they'll be running to that spot to get to that left-handed hitter's, for, you know, strength out, you know, getting over there in, in the hole at second base. So you'll have guys just sprinting, you know, between the balls released and, and getting to a spot. So it, I think it's a joke. The hit, it should have been taken care of organically. Hitters should have taken care of it. The shift should have been beaten by hitters who know how to hit against the shift. It's so simple to me. It's ridiculous. But again, if you're not teaching these kids anything or teach them to hit the other way or bunt and butt do these things, um, it, it's not going to happen. I had a long-term, long-time, uh, uh, basically a farm director. He's going around his team one time. He's not there anymore. He couldn't take it anymore. But he was going from field to field in spring training, and he had noticed they had a new nerd group had come in, and they changed things. And he said, "I notice we're not really, you know, we're not hitting the ball the other way at times, or working on that batting, or doing this, or doing that. What happens when it comes to the playoffs or, or games where we need to do that?" And the head nerd who was on the field, I actually said to him, "We'll just do it." And the, and, and the player, the, 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 the players, guys, the coach said, "What do you mean we just do it? We can't just do it. We have to practice and stuff." That's where baseball is at in so many ways. They think they can just do it. They think it's a Nike commercial instead of actually working on it.
0: I've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, your take on the events 21 years ago, later today, mm. the events of 9-11. Well,
1: first of all, my, my dad uh, was was a policeman. My older brother was. So I feel for all the fire firemen, policemen, the, the innocent people uh, who died. Um, I, we'll all remember that day. Um, I had just gotten back from covering the Little League World Series, I, so I had some time off. I was walking my dog, like you said beautifully. Beautiful blue sky. A um, uh, good friend of mine, good friend of mine was a um, uh, uh, Port Authority cop. We coached a team together at the time, so I put a call on him right away. I got back. He got back to me when he could. I uh, thank thank God he survived. He was like about a minute away from going into the, one of the towers before it collapsed. So uh, just a long part of the story, here we are 21 years later. I coach as well, I coached my kids' teams, my, and my youngest at that time. We decided to do a travel team. This guy played in, in minor league baseball. He was a good coach. He was my assistant at the Port Authority Cop. And, we saw, and one of my friends that I went to college with was one, one of the Port Authority Cops who was killed. Um, but we started a team called the Patriots uh, off of that from that year. And I'm happy to say that there's still a Patriots team in my, in that town and it's still going strong. So, you know, I I think uh, so many people had to do what they had to do to continue. It brought the country together. I'd love to see a little bit more of that right now. So uh, that's where we are. And, um, but like you said, never forget, we can't forget. And and we got to really, um, you know, appreciate the people who put their lives on the line, running into that building whenever people were running out. That to me, that's still an amazing, amazing thing. And we also can't forget the horror of that day, Ricky, yeah. and and people just diving out of windows because they yeah. didn't they didn't know what was next, and they you know they they had to get out. I mean, that's unbelievable. So so. We can't live in a dream world where we think bad things don't happen. Bad things do happen, and we have to be prepared for it as a country.
0: Tell everybody about Ball9 and where they can read what you write. Yes, Ball9.com.
1: And also, i got two podcasts now that I'm on. And also, believe it or not, there's something called the Coach and Kernan Network. And uh, we have Jeff Fry. We have some other great people. Um, really solid baseball information. You can go where you get all podcasts, Coach and Kernan. And uh, we tell it like it is the one uh you know we call one of the is called "Real Voices of the Game," where we always have someone special from baseball on, someone you may have heard of, like a Fred Claire or Rob Dibble, and someone you may not have heard of who's doing great things for the game, and we have serious baseball talk, and if you're a young player, and I, by I say young player, I mean everything from uh young amateur to to uh, pro- young professional, you're going to learn stuff on the show. Because we have pitching coaches like Mark Wiley, we have scouts like Will Joy. We have some salt of the earth baseball people talking the game. It's a great. It's a great place to go.
0: Kev, before you, you, you mentioned Euchre, and I know we're late for the break, uh, Nick. But <laughs> we're I late I, for I, the gotta, break. We're I gotta I gotta do this. <laughs> Euchre told a story that I almost ran off the road. Okay, <laughs> I'm listening to the Euker, One of the Euchre broadcasts. Uh, get this. He he's talking about uh, working with Howard Cosell. Yes. So he says the first time he ever worked uh, with Howard Cosell, it was an ABC Monday Night Baseball broadcast, mm-hmm. and they were at the Astrodome. Uh, that He was doing a Blue Jays Brewers game, and, and Kevin Biggio, so he started talking about Craig Biggio and Houston and the Astrodome. So Euchre tells the story to his broadcast partner, and he says the first time I worked with Howard Cosell, it was a Houston-Philadelphia a Houston, Philadelphia, a, uh, Houston Philadelphia game. And the Phillies were up 5 nothing in the third inning. And Cosell gets on the air after Houston gets the leadoff man on in the third, in the bottom of the third. And Cosell says it's a perfect time for a bunt, Euker, to move the runner along. <laughs> so Euker says to Cosell, you know, he he kind of paused and said, well, Howard, you know, I'm down five runs already here. Uh, you know, I... I think I'm telling the hitter to swing away, and then you hear dead silence, and Al Michaels is the third part of the group, and you hear dead silence, and you finally, you know, Cosell never liked to be upstaged. So Cosell says to Euchre, well, that was rather truculent of you, and I bet you don't even know what I'm talking about. So Euchre's answer to Cosell was, well, I guess if you had a truck and you let me borrow it. It would be a truculent. Uh. <laughs> he says that the crew, Michaels and the entire ABC crew, almost fainted from laughter. <laughs> Cosell co- accused him of being truculent, and Euchre a- answered him by saying, well, if you had a truck and you let me borrow it, <laughs> I guess that would be truculent. That's, that's my, my Euchre. That's, oh, that's your. The- that's my Euchre story, story. Cam. Thank is you. In a
1: nutshell, he makes you laugh. He takes, yeah. <laughs> you know, he knows what the game. Is. I had so many good times with him through the years here, you know, and and, and talking to Hardikort, the the Milwaukee writer, the stories that they had. The oh, it's amazing. If you're, you know, nobody knows anything now. So I'm telling you right now, anybody listening that doesn't know Bob Euchre. Go back and get to some of the clips of him on YouTube of him and Johnny. Johnny Carson. Johnny
0: Carson. on the Tonight Show. It's It was his favorite. Though. He was his favorite. Yeah. Mister. That's, that's who named him Mr. Baseball. Kevin, I got to go. Thank you very much for a few minutes. We'll talk as, uh, as the playoffs get closer, my friend. You got it, buddy. Take care. All right. Kevin Kernan, Ball9.com.